sometimes when you're building a business you can tend to like let go of your mental health and consume too much i think definitely have a time to actually reflect have fun sleep etc and i don't know if it's new but i tend to feel like Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Place Podcast, your host, Rumor London. And Carty East. And today we have a special guest um, known as Dal. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Dal, the founder of Dal London, which is an online African fashion brand that basically focuses on producing unconventional designs combined with the latest fashion trends. Aimed at a young female's African diaspora who wants to represent their culture in style. And that's what I do in a nutshell. And we, we actually we actually met at like a fashion show a few years ago. I believe it was in like Coventry. Um and I think I don't know, did you when did you start the brand? Did you start it around then? I think I started around then. It was two thousand fourteen, but I think when I first started I was an amateur. I didn't know anything, man. So when we went to was it my runway? My runway. Yeah, was it, I, yeah. I, I thought it was ripped the wrong way, but oh, it might be called runway. my runway. No, 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 it's my runway. Rip the runway is my runway. organization. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we we yeah, it was it was there where I was like um, me and like a real were showcasing like um, the like the menswear stuff we were doing at the time, and then you were showcasing your like you said the would you I was I was crossing it as um, yeah women's wear. Well, when people have you heard people say like, African chic or something like like yeah, how would you describe it? Urban. I think back then they used to say urban because I used to do like more streetwear stuff. But then as I grew up, I was okay. like, nah, this is not my style anymore. So I kind of like upgraded. And even the urban, um, what's it called? Like category, like yeah, just, I was gonna say that urban naming like categorizes you and puts you like that. Oh, this is this is like what you offer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like we that's we met um in Coventry for that show, and then I've seen that you've obviously like grown yeah, your thing since then, and you recently did um, yeah, you did um a campaign, the Black Barbie campaign. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like that was very interesting. What what made you like do that? Because I um. I remember showing up to the shoot and I was like, right, like, how did you come up with, like, the creative vision for that? I think there was a time, I think, obviously, I always felt this, but I think I felt it more when I was working at some fintech company. And I just realised, like, okay, obviously, I do know I'm black, but there was a few black people in the offices and there was, like, a few black people in power or in the position of, like, manager role, apart from my friend, which I was always rooting for because I was, like, so proud of her for her yeah. to come in and just go, become a manager in, like, one year. And I thought to myself, everywhere I worked, I'd never seen like a black CEO or a black manager. It's always there in the, the bottom barrier. And I just thought to myself, this is frustrating. Like, why is there no like black females that can look up to and be like, you know what, I want to be like you in the workplace. And I started to feel it. I just started to feel anger. And I was just like, wow, like, there's no one to look up to. And I thought to myself, I want to become a CEO of my brand. I want to become, you know what I mean? Somebody who people can be like, you inspire me to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I started thinking about like when I was young and I was like, this makes sense. Like there's no positive role models as much as white role models that you can look up to when you're young. Like white Barbies, there was no black Barbies back then. So it all came yeah. to me when I wanted to create a skirt and I thought, who wears a tutu skirt? And I wanted to make it African. So I said, who wears a tutu skirt? And I was like, Barbie, Barbie wears a tutu skirt. And then it all came to me. I was like, I need to create a story that shows that as a young female, I would love to see a black female that I can look up to and be like, I want to be like that. So I really wanted the models to have natural hair. I wanted them to look very authentic. I didn't want no weave. I didn't want anything that that is materialistic. 
I think that's when I came up with the concepts. I just remember not sleeping and just trying to research how am I going to get a Barbie box? How am I going to build this? Because at the time I was considering leaving my job in it to like pursue my own fashion brand full time. Yeah. I had no money in my account. I was just like, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> I that's, that's, a, that's, a brave, that's a brave thing to do, but it's needed. Yeah, so, yeah. It was a crazy journey. And I remember I had like my last check because I, I basically, um, you know, when you refer someone at work and you get like a bonus or something for it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. gave me that funds and I was like as either I was going to use it to pay off my student overdraft but I was just so like focused on this idea of bringing it to life I said no I need to bring it to life so I just used it to literally fund the campaign but I was like you know what I'm not even trying to make money I just want to tell a message of how I'm feeling right now and I didn't expect it to like blow up like that I just thought you know what this is my vision this is what I'm going to create let's get it together and let's make it happen so when I contacted you I was just like, yeah, I hope he's on it because I don't have any budget right now. This is the only budget I have. And I just literally just shot it. Boom, bang, bang. There it is. And and you actually got like a lot of people that were quite good in their fields. I remember there's like a creative director there. There was yeah. um, uh, I mean, art director, and there was um, even like the photographers and people like makeup artists. Like I was like, when I when I showed up to the, the shoot, I was like, right, like this is because once you. When you told me about it, I just knew, like, I knew it when the concept was, like, kind of um, just thought of. I didn't realise how put together it was. So when I got it, I was, like, mm. it's actually quite organised. And then <laughs> through the day, I saw the vision. And then there was even, like, two locations. So yeah. we arrived there. I think I got there, like, 10 a.m. And we didn't leave the second location to, like, 10 p.m. It was, like, a full day of just, like, great content. But once I, like, once I saw, like, the whole, the whole vision, the direction, and, like, even seeing how it put together, I was, like, raw, this is... Yeah, like I, I, what you just explained, I saw it then. But then before that, I didn't mm. even understand how deep it was and, and like how needed mm. it was. But yeah, and it just, it just shows. It's like you know, like once sometimes you have a brand and you don't know, like what do we stand for? Like from even just that little campaign, you have a glimpse to to see your vision and what drives you, and then it leads mm. back to like your items. Mm-hmm. Um, would you do another campaign like that? Go like what? Um, what other campaigns would you? Would you do another campaign like that going forward? I think I'm all for campaigns, but the problem with campaigns, yeah, it's just such a costly and time-consuming thing for me to put together and I have to make sure that everyone's on yeah. the same page. Basically, like, project management, whereas I have to get the people on board, I have to do the scenes, I have to do this, I have to do that, and I'm really, like, interested in that aspect of the business. Whereas, like, it's not really giving me money back in return of investments. I was thinking to myself, I'd be spending my money on so much campaigns, I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm not seeing the return on investment. So now I have to think of it as like, okay, you're in this fashion world to make money. You're just not doing this to just be creative too much. Yeah. And that's the problem with me. I'm too creative, but I don't think about the money. But then I need the money in order for me to continue growing and moving forward. So I think I'm going to like try and do it like once a year or if there's a proper demand for it, I'll do it. Because like during this protest, I really wanted to like release a campaign. I was like, I really want to release a campaign, but I thought to myself, yeah. you know what, I'm going to let it drop. <laughs> I'm going to just watch. <laughs> it's almost like that balance. And obviously, because yeah. uh, me, me and Rural, we also have like a foot in the fashion world as well. So um, oh. we have actually, we've worked on our like campaigns, like I said, even like when we've crossed paths with you. And it's almost like a mixture of that. Like, just like you, I'm very creative and Ruan is a little bit more logical. So he's like, okay, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. the cost that we're putting into this, how is it going to generate? So it's always good to have, like, Ruan's input into stuff like that and also, like, sometimes your input. Um, and even to touch on that, we did, we, like, in November, we shot together in Paris. <laughs> and even that, like, there's so many awful, awful, um, awful scene costs. Like, yeah. for example, uh, we couldn't get to our first hotel and then we had to go to another hotel. The lady was rude yeah. to us. So that... Essentially, we paid for two hotels, and then we had to try to get the money back later. 
um, and just some other issues that go. Also, there's often that like I, I didn't really speak about when once we were doing a shoot. I went to um get. I was going to go to like a super uh, like a shopping mall around the area, but I was near the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. and then. I must have like got a scooter and I was just riding on one part of the road and then I just saw like five police officers just ran up to me and I was like, I, I've never been so shocked in my life. So basically to summarize it, some other stuff happened after that, but um, I almost literally got arrested on our shoot oh. in Paris. And I was like, if I get arrested, this is long. <laughs> this is so long. Is that in Paris? And I was like, yeah, but luckily I um, can't, can't like find my way out of that. But um, yeah, like, it's just to show that that shoot was um we we had a budget for that, but it ended up costing almost double that. Mm. So um yeah, we we've just learned a lot from that. And like I said, that's why I commend you in just like managing your your business and um like yeah, doing what you've done. And you you also also recently released uh, uh, some masks that I bought. That what made you do that? I think I always it's so crazy. Like I like I saw in my life it's so crazy. When I was in China last year, everyone was wearing masks because of the pollution, innit? Yeah. I remember being at the airport going to Malaysia and I thought to myself, I want to produce a mask for part of my collection, but I didn't want to. And I remember I was like, oh, to my friends, what do you think I produce a mask? But it was like, no, nah, because it's going to be a bit rude. It's going to be like offensive, if you know what I mean, because mm. of what's going on. So I, I let it drop in it. And I thought to myself, then all of a sudden, I'm seeing everyone produce masks. And I thought to myself, that's so crazy because like last year I wanted to produce this as part of my collection. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, cool. Everyone's doing African face masks. I'm not going to come about and try and do african fabric face mask because it's not going to yeah. be any different to everyone else that's doing it and i was just deep in i was like no one actually printed an african mat on the mask like no one did that so i was like no i'm going to produce this and i literally just create everything digitally i didn't have a sample i just literally had to create everything on photoshop because at the moment you already know what the COVID 19 is basically broke banks <laughs> everyone's on like cash flow issues and stuff so i thought you know what? yeah I'm really that's like of, it's like affected the whole um landscape and everything so i just did it Mm-hmm. basically and part of me was like okay if I'm going to do this I kind of want to give back to like a community or like a charity or something so I found like some project called Quanda Quo where they basically produce pots to give back to the black communities and I thought this is excellent I might as well give a percentage of every mask sales to them so in a way I'm still giving back because it was Ramadan as well so I was like <laughs> I'm giving back in charity in a way so that's what I did and people were like, oh, I really like it. I really want to order it. Blah blah blah. Da, da, da. But it's like it was so quickly because I had to create it so quickly, and I was like, I couldn't feel the material, and I had no ideas about the sizing. So when I actually produced it, it was such like the face was like I felt like it was too tight on my face, and then people were like, no, no, no. And then he was like to me, no, 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 keep on wearing it. It will loosen up. So I was like, okay, cool. But I think everyone likes it, so it's cool. But yeah, that was my idea. Ah. <laughs> uh. And I was like, um, based on that, like, because obviously, um, I would class your 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 uh, your brand as like a black owned business. Yeah. So in the landscape of things, um, because I was like, we're in that subject right now, and everyone's like putting focus on it. Um, is it like from when you started that, have you seen, uh, like a lack of um similar businesses to yours in the like in the landscape of fashion? Mm, when you say lack, do you mean not enough? people you're yeah, not enough like representation of the kind of stuff you're doing and and like does that how does that like drive you to like want to like i, I guess broaden your brand to make it more mm-hmm. out there because I, I wouldn't really say i've seen many brands mm-hmm. similar to yours so you said there's a lack of that and like a lack of representation mm-hmm. in like even black owned business black women that are mm-hmm. ceos yeah so i think a lot of people 
I do see a lot of African fashion brands, but I don't see a lot of people who has the same designs or style like mine, who, who produces the same kind of concept as me. So I think that's yeah. the difference that I can say that's like kind of my unique selling point. But I think with me, I don't have enough awareness. So whereas even though they do African fashion, they will get more sales or they will get more awareness because they have great marketing and great budget and great stuff and great team behind them who can actually drive that factor. Whereas I'm just like, oh, okay, I've got this brand, little brand here, but I'm not really working i am working it every day but i do work full time i do have other things going on so it's just like that balance of trying to like grow the brand to the potential that can see it as and compete against all these other african fashion brands and try and stand for something apart from just african fashion design is what i'm trying to achieve so i think there is a case where there is a lack of what i'm doing but there is it is saturated as well in this, at the same time they're just like the fashion industry is. Um, but like I said, you, you did say uh, the specific style that you do will make you stand out. I just, I just have to say with that, it's just going to be time. And mm. also like evolving. And I remember that like a while ago, you said something about you like going into like tech and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like bringing that in. Like what, in terms of like, and actually wait, on that note of tech, there was a, a brand that you, I think you even showed me that did like a, a, a what's it called? Like a virtual yeah, fashion show. Oh, yeah yeah that was like that's so like even to, to kind of concept the idea just like it's just so out of the out of the norm i, I just like it so mm-hmm. on that on that tone of her doing that kind of virtual um what's it called like fashion show where literally there was no models it was just like their dresses like flown on their own but then it the it looked like a model was wearing it because the dress was like outlined in the physique of someone mm-hmm. it was just you have to what's the brand again like, if you want to check Anifa. it out anifa yeah so if you just, that's what on twitter actually yeah she blew up because it was so different it was so different and I, and I can see your brand having that sort of like presence as well mm-hmm. so in terms of like tech and stuff would you say what what in terms of what made you even think about that like what made you start because I remember you said you went to like a little like tech meetup like Google yeah. something like that yeah because people wouldn't think it's relevant but it still is because mm-hmm. everything is relevant in a way so I think when I left my job so obviously I'm just like running around from countries to countries trying to like find myself and find the brands and then I remember that there was a tech conference going on and I, the tickets were like 1,000 or 2,000 pounds. And I thought to myself, who's paying that? I'm, like, I'm going to volunteer at this tech event and I'm going to go and see everything. Cause I can't <laughs> <eat>. <laughs> so I went to go and volunteer. Did a bit of volunteering <laughs> for like two hours, three hours. I was like, okay, cool. They see my face. I'm going to go and network. So I went to go and network and I was just listening to like certain like foreign certain rooms and they were talking a lot about AI. And I was like, what is AI? Like, why are they talking to me about machine learning? and blockchain oh, yeah. no idea like i'm with like i'll say english celebrities and people who are like high end and i'm just like in my little uniform just hiding thinking okay cool i can hide or i can just go and network so i was just networking and they're like what do you do and obviously it's a tech event so i'm just thinking i just have a fashion brand so i was just like oh my days i don't really know what to say because i sound a bit boring so i kind of like hyped myself up again i was like yeah i'm a fashion brand who's trying to like include tech into my business i had no idea what i was talking about i was just chatting rubbish and then he's like, oh, tell me more. And then I just kept talking, talking, talking. In my head, I was thinking, this is actually a great concept. I might actually have to research like more into fashion tech brands. And then whilst I was there, I learned so much. People were just talking to me and giving me business cards. And I just remember just sitting at home and just absorbing all the information. And then I came up with the idea that like in the fashion African, like in the African fashion industry, yeah, everyone is an African fashion brand, but no one actually uses technology to their advantage. And I do believe that tech is going to be the, like the new thing in fashion as you can see like 
people want sustainability people want to have easier way to manage their supply chain and all that stuff and I thought okay if I can actually learn this now and include it in my business I'll be much more different and I'll actually be able to have a sustainable supply chain later down the road if I can use it so I think that's where all my idea came when I was decided that I wanted to include tech how I'm going to do this is in a variety of different ways I don't want to say exactly what I want to build because I might be exposing myself (laughs) Yeah, yeah, do, do, do. I'll just keep it quiet. <laughs> but yeah, you will see when I actually manage or manage to yeah build it. And I've even seen like brands. Like, I think it was even ASOS. They did this thing where like it showed you like um uh like a dress on different um what's it called models. Yeah. I, 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 it wasn't necessarily taken. I think they used some sort of like you said like AI to like just yeah. create oh, the yeah. like yeah different versions of the dress on different models so um people could see how the dress will look on like someone that looks like their body type mm-hmm. and even just like other things to do with sizing as well. I've just seen, especially on LinkedIn, I've seen companies pop up to mm-hmm. offer that kind of services. But then even the brand can kind of innovate for itself, mm-hmm. innovate from itself, like as in they kind of bring out something that relates specifically to their customer base, you're going to stand out. So yeah, that's what like tech does influence everything. But it's just like, you wouldn't necessarily think that, but it's a, it's a way to go with that. Definitely. Even on that topic of tech as well, I know Nike, they used, they used 3, 3D printer mm-hmm. to create some shoes. So that's mm-hmm. still it'd be that's tech with fashion as well using three D printer. So I feel like moving forward now, company because it's cheaper, mm-hmm. and also I mean it's time consuming, but it's cheaper to use a three D printer to, for example, print this sole of the shoe or something. And Nike is doing that already, so that's mm-hmm. tech. Exactly. So. It's like you know how usually when you we want to organize shoots and we're always like looking for models and stuff, and like yeah. having to like negotiate with their fees and all that stuff. Like nowadays, people like Hanifa, she uses like avatars as well. To like produce something okay. Okay. that's another thing that people are going to be using they're going to be using avatars to actually shoot instead of just real models how would it turn out in the future i don't know if it's going to be predominantly just avatars and a mixture of both but at the moment i think it's very useful because you can actually show the customers design without having to spend your money on making the design taking the photo shoot and then trying to sell it you can actually show them and see if they like it and then get it made if there is a demand for it, just like the African face mask. I didn't have any products in stock. I just made it on Photoshop and just showed them and got sales. So that's a way that you can actually use avatars to your advantage. And see that you just said a good point about you didn't know any use of your research. So do you think like in order to like survive when you like, um, especially when you're kind of young, a bit of lack of resources, um, but then the main thing you have on your side is time. And also in this day and age, we have so many places where we can learn things from so when I say resources you may not necessarily have the funds or the ability to do something but then you may have the time to learn it would you say that's essential in trying to be like an entrepreneur in this like like yeah in this day and age right now like because it's probably and if if you can give examples of things that you could you didn't know you literally just had to like learn Mm. would you say that's something that you you kind of need to survive that kind of entrepreneur mindset of just like getting on with it yeah definitely I think you need to use what you've got and not allow yourself that oh my days I don't have this I can't do this kind of mindset needs to stop especially when I'm on Twitter because I'm like follow a lot of tech people and the work that they produce is so good and when I talk like when I listen to their tweets and just watch their tweets they're always talking about how much they're studying and how much they're doing this and how much they're doing that how much work they're putting in just to master their craft and yeah. they're the ones that are going to go ahead and do amazing things and be ahead of their competition because they're using their downtime to actually master what they need to learn to move forward and most people got jobs basically just of learning new skills so imagine that you're on social media you can just say this is what i produced 
and someone sees your work and be like, yeah, I want to hire you. Can you do that for me? So I think definitely that's important. Yeah, that's very true. Like I've 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 heard the scenarios of that thing. Like you said, like learning a, a software for like let's say you're trying to start something, you learn a, you learn a skill or software for it, and then you don't exactly end up using it for that thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have that skill or that ability that software, and it may get you to other places. So it's like. Yeah, so I guess it's like even though you may do something, it may not work out the same way you you want it to, or the way you envisioned it, it may work out for you in the future. But in terms of all this landscape, it's always good to like absorb, like and learn things. There's platforms like Skillshare and Udemy that you can like learn all these skills from. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to fashion, when you were saying like how things are progressing, I remember seeing even this is this is next level, but this is even like so far ahead. There was a um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was this like Instagram account where the the person it wasn't real it was like an AI character and yeah. brands make I uh, used to pay the AI character which was created by someone to like wear like a virtual version of their clothes and then that was a way to promote it so that's another thing where fashion is just like it's just moving in like a, a, a different way and because of people essentially purchasing what this AI person was wearing it wasn't even real basically digital clothing digital clothing yeah and- and it's smart because I think they was talking when I went to the seminar last year, I think it was December, they was talking about how influencers spend so much money on like buying clothes that now they're gonna try and introduce digital clothing, whereas you won't have to spend money on buying clothes. You will just have to like get buy digital clothing, swap it when you need to. And basically everything is just saving the planet in a way because you're not spending money on consumptions of clothing and all that stuff. And I thought this is cool. Yeah, like can move sustainability. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was another one where, like, but this is a bit more on the sustainable but also vanity side. I need to remember the names of this, but I just saw it when I was, like, researching stuff. And it was um, to do with people not even wearing the clothes, as in, like, people paying this company to, like, have... It's, like, a designer. They had, like... Um, they basically imposed an image of the designer clothes on you, so you can post it on the gram. Like, you didn't actually own the clothes. So you're, you're paying for a digital picture of you in that clothes yeah. to put the gram that like you own it. And I was like, that's the next level... And I need to know that name of these companies, but I just see so much stuff out there. But yeah, like if you if you can Google it and find it, there is a company that's offering that where you can essentially just purchase yeah like a picture of you wearing it. It's almost like stunting, but beyond stunting because you don't even own the products. But that that could pick up in the future. You never know because of before like we didn't think people would rent this, rent that, but now it's a thing. Like people people even probably rent. You can rent like yeah the way you can rent like clothes from people probably rent like Jordans to wear out and then return it like. Yeah, there, there was a shop that in, I think it was South London once that you could rent like designer shoes and then you just return the next day. But that... It was like, I think Nike was doing it. It was like to determine your shoe size or something. They allow you to have like, you know the Snapchat filters, it's called AR, right? So they yeah, allow you AR. to have AR kind of like sneaker on your feet to see how it looks like on you and it will determine your foot size. And I thought that is so cool. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. yeah. So basically, this is how it works. They have this like they give you this little platform. You stand on it, and you open it. I think it's called Nike Feet, and you basically yeah. just open your camera, scan your feet, and take a photo of it, and it gives you it measures your size basically. So when mm-hmm. you go on that site, it's sort of averaging your own shoe size. It just keeps you on data. So that's that's the other way you mean. Yeah, it's called Nike Feet. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, it, it's good. I'd be interested to see where things move forward. But literally, like we've mentioned a few things. So we said AR. A, a, um, a, AI, AR, and like even like AI, probably yeah. VR, like all this stuff is gonna like, like this is one part of tech that's influencing fashion. Like I think everything just connects in some sort of weird way. Like mm-hmm. how you may have like a fashion shoot and it's like it, ha- it shows something completely different to the products. Like it all, it all interlinks in some way. 
Um, and even the thing with influencers, because I know we've spoken about this before, and this 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 is an ever changing thing. So, um, and I'm not I'm not literally trying to shame anything to do with the influencer market because I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just giving like like critical analysis of stuff that I've seen. But um, basically, I spoke to someone that had a, a brand, and she said she um, paid an influencer from a very popular reality show, which I'm not going to name. Um, she did pay her quite a lot of money and she didn't get no sales from it. Mm. And she, prior to that, she did get a lot of like stock to prepare for this. Cause obviously this person was on a very known reality show. And when I heard that story, I was like, wow, like she paid her like quite a large sum um, and zero sales came from it. So it just kind of, it, it, it kind of brought the question to say is um, influencer marketing dead? Or like, what would it be going for? I just want to get your opinion on that because you're in that field. Mm, it's such a crazy thing because it's like when I was, remember when we first started and we just didn't even know what influences. I just remember yeah. seeing certain people and just like, I want you to wear my clothes. Like, I don't even know how. Like, but I just want to collaborate with you. Trust me, I, that's yeah. how it all started, and then all of a sudden it became a job field, and obviously you start getting now you have to charge, which I do understand. It's taking your time and effort to produce. Photos. Yeah. Or a brand who's going to potentially get sales so i don't blame them for charging but like certain influences will charge so much to the point where it's like you're not even taking in consideration of the brand's like size or yeah you know i mean like pretty little thing and a little small black owned business is not the same you can't charge the same price you have to kind of like come into negotiations like okay how much can you budget or a work with them in a way to try and see what you can do but yeah. i think influence and marketing is a good and a bad thing i think Back then, I felt like it did produce sales. I think now it's more of awareness basis. And I feel like micro-influencers produce more sales than micro-influencers, in my opinion, anyways. So I think you do need it, but don't rely too much on influencer marketing. Try and have other marketing strategies to actually bring in sales so then you're not always spending your money on like relying on influencers. So I think that is my answer. But then it's like if, if so if we're saying that what was it what is it looking like for um influencers then because i guess like you like you said before be, before it was like a thing before it had a name people mm. have always been like giving like yeah quite popular people their clothes not even popular just people that you like their style and then it evolved into what it is today and now it seems that like it's shifting mm-hmm. or like like you said it's like so it's weird how someone with like one million plus followers may actually bring in less engagement or something compared to someone with like 10 or 100k like just in just interest so it's almost like do the numbers actually mean anything to an extent like or is it how is it like a weird fame thing where the bigger someone gets the less the community supports them like it, there's, a, there's a few factors to consider or it could just like i said be the the person it's supposed to be authentic you know if you actually think about it, the person i feel like the influence really has to dig your product because if they're just wearing it for money they're not really going to bring as in as much love yeah your stuff whereas if someone really digs your brand they'll literally wear it promote it talk about it so yeah you know what i mean there's a difference between when someone really digs it and someone's just doing it for money so i think yeah go ahead do you think do you think people are so used to it you know like for example like when we use that youtube or all this instagram stuff we we it was there was no ads on it and then now it's annoying before every youtube you have to watch ads in between you scroll on instagram that's ads so it's almost like when it first started, we probably paid attention to it, like, raw, like, what is this? What is this sponsored post? Like, it was in your face. But now, it's always in your face. <laughs> so now you're like, you just like even, and even when they made them add, um, hashtag ads, it's even more obvious that it's an ad. So it's like, you just like, basically, is it, is it, do you, do you feel like, um, 
a reason why it may have gone less in like profitability to like the, the brands is like people are so used to seeing people wearing clothes yeah. to, to make sales there we're like you don't even think about it anymore yeah i feel like people just yeah just like what you just said and I feel like people are just thinking, is this offensive? Or are you just doing it because you're getting paid for it? Like, do you really like the product or something? Because even this year, I didn't use any influencers. And I'm, I basically got sales without even using any influencer marketing. I thought back then, my first go-to would be go to influencer and try and make sales. Yeah. And because I didn't have the capital, I literally had to work with what I got, which was try and think of a pre-order strategy or try and think of different ways to try and get sales. So I think in a way, when you have the capital, you tend to spend more or you tend to rely on people. But if you don't have the capital, you're more creative of thinking, would this work? And you're more calculated, if that makes sense. And then you find a way to like, just, yeah, yeah, you you make it work. Because right? like, I've heard people say like you can't have a brand and not do influencer marketing, right? It's just like, it's, you, you, you just, yeah, it won't work. Mm, you need a percentage of that, definitely. But don't rely on that. Do not rely on that because I don't know what's going. I don't even know what's going to happen now that, you know, when everyone's calling out big businesses about not getting paid and all that stuff. I don't know if exactly. yeah, if fees going to go up for influences. How's it going to come? Like I don't know what the future is going to be, but I just feel like a lot of brands are going to go towards digital and try and do things mm. their way. So then they'll cut costs in trying to like pay other people and try and like make sure that the product is actually needed before even making it or something. And that's why I feel like the influencer marketing thing and people, because I know people that, have, I don't know people personally, but I've seen um, influencers, like quite known people that I've watched have literally quit their jobs to focus on that field. So of course, we're coming from like a brand perspective, but I also just coming from a perspective of like, if that's your business, like that's all you do, like if you're an influencer, like, mm-hmm. t- like times are changing. I guess that's why it's good some people build platforms that survive on their own and they probably launch their own brand underneath it. But if we're just going to come from the influencer point of view, um, if we if if there is less brand spending, because I haven't, I saw a study before this. I think it was called Marketing Weekly. This is like something that I'm subscribed to. Marketing Marketing Week, mm-hmm. and it said like a newsletter, and it said something about prior to like COVID nine, all of this, uh, brands already started to reduce their spend on influencer marketing in general. Mm-hmm. So they were, and they were only focusing on a few, which which okay, this is something I'll talk about later. There's been a shift towards celebrities becoming influencers which they've always been to an extent yeah. but now they're treating them as influencers but let's talk about it after because i don't want to get that lost in the conversation mm. but um yeah like i said if you are an influencer yeah like that i don't that's something to consider like that the like imagine you've been getting like a monthly um what's it called your like monthly wages on it's coming for what you're doing now that might be reduced so that's something to just like consider especially when brands are spending less in that field it'll be it'll be to see how they change or what, what, some people say what's next like is, what's the next thing in influencer marketing is it going to be more tiktokers now because <laughs> that's another mm-hmm. thing I think, like with influencers as well yeah, as you said like build a, actually a platform away from just relying on just getting paid promotion just to post pictures and yeah. one of the influencers that i really dig i'm not going to mention any names but i watched her from the beginning when she started and she's someone that really influences me because it's like she doesn't only just talk about fashion or promoting clothes she talks about things that actually have like she cares about she has a purpose to her platform so yeah with influencers they really need to have a purpose and actually show what they are what they value some people are just pretty and just taking pictures but that's it and it's like it's a bit tired now that's it's actually true people just taking pictures like what else do you stand for what do you care about what do you what can you create with your platform to bring something meaningful to the world so yeah i think that's the kind of influencers i want to work with going forward and there's there's actually a, a influencer like uh, app that I saw that 
came out recently that I guess could kind of help them in a way, even though, like you said, you do have to have substance due to last. And I think, I, I remember seeing this name, I think it's owned by this, um, it was a black guy that started it, I can't find his name, but it's called XPO. Yeah, XPO, yeah. Yeah, do you remember the person that started it? Good. I, I love like, the app, because you know sometimes it's like, you want to email influencers to ask for your for their rates, but you don't want to sound like you're being offensive or trying to, you know yeah. what I mean, like being disrespectful. This, this cuts all of that out. Basically. So I found the name. It says um, Frank Nadami and uh, Latana Ezeku yeah. <laughs> and Tommy Ayola. I'm I'm butchering his names. I'm butchering his names. But um, anyways, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's actually a proper like almost it's 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 um, looked at as a startup, and I think they're actually receiving funding from it because they're they're on um like a startup directory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's actually interesting. I didn't even know about this. Because I think I don't know where I saw him. You know, I saw him on Twitter, my Twitter feed. He said something. I got six businesses. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he said six businesses, four businesses, three businesses. He's just like, yeah, I got four businesses and they're all profitable. And I was like, it. I need to know what you did. You <laughs> exactly. managed four businesses that are all profitable. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, like I really want to learn how you did what you did. And he was so kind. Like I thought he was going to ignore me or something, but he actually replied back to me. He's like, oh yeah, great. Tell me what you do. So I was like, okay, yeah. you actually reply back. So let me not reply with foolishness in it. I need to come with numbers as well. And that's like my weakest point. I remember staying all night just writing like a whole like plan of how I'm going to do this. And he's like, oh, well done. Like, I'm so happy that you actually included numbers because a lot of people will tell me their vision without any numbers. And it doesn't really sound really realistic. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm on a good track. And he's like, okay, let me talk about this in further detail. So he's literally like giving me so much tips here. And he told me about the, the app. And I was like, wow, a lot of people won't talk or even have time for you, you know in this day and age so I was just like so grateful I was like nah this is this is a treat like I wanted to see him win like literally he literally gave you he gave you the time of day even though like you said he's quite busy he actually did that at 2 o'clock in the morning you know and he literally spent on the phone with me one hour explaining everything with all the apps that I should download on my website I was like wow that's really nice of you was it Latana yeah Latana yeah, that's the guy that I saw, Latana. I kept, because I, when I signed up to it uh, as a brand, I got the email from, I, I, basically, I remember seeing his name a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that, see? Uh, yeah. Anyways, everyone, if you want to work with us, download the XPO. Like, I don't know the guy personally, um, downloads it, but like, I yeah, want to see him win. And is is what he's doing will help brands going forward and also help influencers if they do start to struggle because it's another, another means to like get, um, your like your page or like your influencer brand out there as well mm-hmm. so that's good um so back so the thing I, I i brought earlier which is um celebrities becoming influencers now that i think they're some companies are regarding them the new as new influencer and this shift has been seen by like youtube even having plat having celebrities like will smith and all those other actors like create platforms on there and then they're the ones that brands are kind of going to mm-hmm. and I, I heard somewhere that YouTube actually have like a secret pot of for celebrities and they pay them like from like 300k to a million to start a YouTube channel. Right on. Yeah, that's something that's been is there was there was something there was an article about it, but you can Google it. But there's some there's rumors about said that yeah they do have that, which is why we've seen a shift on that, and that's why we've seen people like even cable TV platforms go on there, like um, Jimmy, what's that late night show with Jimmy something? Um, I don't Jimmy really watch Camel? TV like that. Yeah, Jimmy Cam- Cam- Camel. Yes, yes, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy. Kimmel or Kimmel, Kimmel, yeah. And Lily, or actually, Lily, she was a she was an influencer before, but basically, people like that, YouTube is favoring them over previous YouTubers and influencers. So it's taking money away from them and giving like the ads money to all these big brands. So there's a shift there. And even back to like Instagram as well, like the most known 
most highest paid influencer is said to be um, Kylie Jenner, who gets paid 1.2 million for a post. Ariana Grande, who gets paid uh, 900k. Um, oh, this is dollars, by the way. And Cristiano Ronaldo, who gets paid 900 as well. It's 975,000 dollars. Um, so, you know, you know, Ronaldo makes majority of his money from actual Instagram. Like, from where? From Instagram, from being an influencer. Ronaldo makes majority of his income from being an influencer. See, that's very interesting. That, that that's a weird shift. It's like they're known for something, but they're making like in the, in like you said in the twenty nineteen, he probably made the majority of his money from sponsored posts. Yeah, he did. So there's a, there's a bit of a weird change, and and there's like there's even a list of a lot more celebrities, and I, I mean a lot more influencers, and it's just interesting to see that the highest paid are celebrities. It's just it's, it's like a way to trade. So that is obviously taking market share from the traditional influencers to an extent. Like celebrities has always been like the influencers from day one, and then influencers came about, and then now it's going back to um, it's shifting back. Yeah. yeah. But then the reason why that shift even happened of having like any like people just generally getting popular becoming influencers because of, we did we didn't necessarily trust celebrities that much because we like oh you're so pop like we didn't we didn't find them relatable. Yeah. So now I don't. It's kind of I don't really understand it, but it's weird that it's going back to them because of the reason why I said like any like most of us could just like become influencers because we're more relatable. People mm-hmm. feel like they can see ourselves in us, and we're from the area, and then we just like you can you get following from that sense. But now it's like slightly shifting, and also the big big influencers are becoming celebrities as well. Like I said, Lily Lily Singh, she's like she has her own show now, and she started from making funny videos on Instagram, and now she has she has a late night show. So it's just. <laughs> It's like a, and where? Tory Lanez. You said Tory Lanez. No, but he's, he's always been slim. He's always been slim. He's just different. Listen, quarantine radio is different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I was just talk about the thing about yeah, like so. I think going forward, yeah, they're gonna celebrities are gonna just be they're gonna be it's gonna it's like a balance a balancing effect. They're they're back to normal. But have you have you ever bought anything from like have you ever seen influencer put something and actually bought it? No. <laughs> <laughs> subconsciously though subconsciously you might have no I only buy Think what I what I like in general but I won't buy something because someone is wearing it or just subconsciously unless that's something I need and I will buy it but no I don't think so what about you have you bought anything that you've seen or that you, re- or sometimes you yeah. realise it oh right I bought this I didn't know why I bought it yeah um, can you talk us through that I think I'm influenced, you know. I think if I see someone and it looks nice, I'm like, oh, no, Dave, I want this. And I'll go and find it and I'll go and get it. So I think, in a way, influencers does influence me to get things. We're not all influencers. It has to look like... Yeah, I think the reason why it does influence me is because I kind of want to look like how they're looking, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if they're wearing a pair of jeans and looks nice to them, I'm like, oh, I want that pair of jeans to look nice on me as well. So I'll go and buy would you it. Say, would you say that's more a female thing? And that's why, I guess most of the biggest brands are women's wear brands and like that's why they they, they yeah that's why they do that kind of marketing because it, it, it's more influential because i guess men just shop less or they're more picky what what, yeah. what would you think about that because yeah cause i haven't heard many guys said they've bought anything from influence but i've heard more girls say yes like if it especially when they look you can see them like not that they look like you but you can envision it mm-hmm. on you from the way that from the way they've done it so would you say that's more effective for women yeah, you, would you say that men buys things that they only need, like necessity pieces? Because, like, I feel like as a woman, we we'll need outfits for everything we go to. Like, if we're going to dinner, oh, I need an outfit, or I'm going to, like, I need an outfit for this or outfit for that. So we're basically, like, so much different outfits. 
whereas you guys would probably like invest you wear the same white teeth yeah same white teeth black jeans and <laughs> and jays that's it <laughs> um yeah i think that's that's it and also like i said there's another thing with guys i realized because i i um i said when me and real wanted to do menswear um we I, the reason why we kind of shifted away from that well like, i personally found it um it kind of a bit of friction is like yeah guys generally once we buy something from somewhere we generally just keep going there because mm-hmm. we know it works we know what we do we're less we're less um, likely to try anything sometimes, especially when we know it fits us perfectly. And I'm guilty of this. Like I shop at similar shops, but I've tried to be more open. But it's just not the way. It's not the way that like, I'm wired. Well, like a lot of guys I know are wired. We just once we know we like something, we'll buy it. And even if we do buy something from somewhere else, it probably looks like the thing we bought from the first brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no variety. Where like you said, I've like once we uh, started doing women's wear, I've seen women buy like three different outfits, and they're all for completely different occasions i'm like what it's like their thought process is so different and it just covers a lot more ground than just like sort of plate white tea or even like a graphic tea mm. um so i thought, I thought we spend yeah. more money on gadgets actually on tech gadgets in general we spend more money on that that's from, that's from actually, money anyway. so that's probably where we're influenced by gadget influencers or someone say they've got this new tv or this or games cars like yeah, just not yeah less clothing. Obviously, women are influenced by by that too. But I guess men are just more uh, more like yeah they're not they're not as influenced by by fashion as much as women are. Um and yeah, but yeah, like, we'll see we'll see the the shift of the influencer marketing. But like what I'm gonna say is about the pricing thing. Yeah, I've seen um because I, I I do personally know some influencers and I've seen like over time the price has gone up, which is fair enough of growth. But then yeah, like it does. <laughs> There comes to a point where there's some affordability thing with mm-hmm. that as well, but um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I've had friends with my influencers have literally like they've um, they've kind of helped me with campaigns, which I'm so grateful for. So like, I guess it depends on the relationship you have with them. Basically, yeah, that's true. Um, for it to work, but uh, yeah. So wait, there's something else that I've seen. Did you know that? Uh, you, you know, remember time ago. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was the two networks that merged together? Was it that became EE? Oh, T-Mobile oh, and Orange. Yeah. Did any of you have Orange or T-Mobile? T-Mobile. I had Orange. Five Day Pass. Oh yeah, that was time ago. Five Day Pass. When that was when we, we uh, most of us used to top up. Um, yeah. and obviously people still do pay as you go right now, but I feel like there's a heavy shift towards contract because they want to lock you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously contracts are getting more expensive, especially with phones getting more expensive. Once. Um, Orange and T-Mobile joined together. Cause you said uh, you both had um, either um, networks. Was what what change did you see? Because I know a lot of people didn't like it at first. I'm not gonna lie. I, just, I never joined EE, so it's like I just saw heard of complaints like, "Oh, this is shit." Or oh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is not cool." Oh, the line is crappy, or blah blah blah. But I actually never had EE network since like t-mobile joined with orange i just literally went to free and i stayed with free oh so you left you left after yeah. they joined together yeah oh well, that's what about what about hey relax 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 what about you <laughs> i'm on free i've been on free i've been on free i'm on free as well that's how it's rubbish i've been on free for six years but um wait wait real what was your experience once they joined together what did you I just, I actually I didn't experience anything. I just, I just wanted to get a new phone and I could get a, get a cheaper value from free. So just left so you, orange. That's interesting. I, I remember having um, 
like free. I've always had free, but then I also had uh, a, a sim for Orange to get the the two for I think it was cinema deal. I forgot what it's called. Orange Wednesdays, where you get yeah. two for one, which is now called Meerkat. That's I literally had a sim for that. Um, but it's interesting they said free because it has been announced that free and O2 are merging together to become yeah. a new network. So yeah. that's something. So I'm just when, that's what I wanted to ask you. And you both said you left once the other merger happened because obviously, like I said, a lot of people. I heard a lot of people complain saying things weren't the same anymore, and they lo- also they lost their, their that that deal that people had Orange for, which is Orange Wednesday. They lost that to another network. I can't remember what it was. But now O2 and Free are trying to merge together, and this is not the first time they've tried to do this. You know, they tried to do it a few years ago, but it was blocked. I think it was because there's a there's a, like a law that says like a monopoly law that stops yeah, yeah. big companies from joining together. But um, somehow, they've been approved. So it happened in 2016 where the EU stopped them. They blocked them. But then, like, as of May, it said it's been approved and it's going to go forward. So... What's the reason for them to merge together? Like, what are they trying to... What's the outcome? It normally just gives... The, this is... I, we don't know the, the actual thing, but generally, they do it for more market share and more control. And mm. sometimes there could be issues that we're not aware of. Like, from what I've seen from, like... Uh, uh, like brand um, company analysis and videos and stuff like Forbes and stuff um, there may be issues internally like they may be losing money in some markets and then joining this will make them survive but generally it's not always the best things for the customers when they merge because like I said you, if, if you love like for example if I love O2 because like, they've got first, first of all O2 has priority they have they have a lot of things that would want you to, to stay with them and then free also is very affordable and a lot of people like free. I remember I had yeah. free because of before any network did it. They had this thing where when you go to a different country, it uses your data. So when I used to travel, like it was called Feel at Home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Once I traveled to like America and all these other countries, like um, places, I didn't have to buy a new SIM. And I love that. So imagine you want to keep all of that. Like you have nowhere else to go but get this new network. So basically, like it's beneficial for them more than the customers, especially if they increase the price. I feel like it's a two-way thing, though. I feel like we're going to benefit from it as well, just based on 5G coming up as well. So I know free is rolling out 5G, and so is O2 as well. And O2 tends to have issues with coverage, so that's free as well. So I feel like they so might so, so does free. I don't even get coverage in my house sometimes. <laughs> they have access to more networks, just that yeah. network in general. They have access to each other's network and data. So it's going to benefit the actual customers. I mean, the company would definitely make more money from it. But just based on network and connection, we'll benefit quite a lot from it. If they increase the price, will both of you leave? No. Because O2, I, I mean, I, I've, I've used Orange, I've used O2, and I've used Free. And O2, O2 is pretty good, but it lacks some other aspects as well. But the network is pretty good. No, but I mean, if they increase the price, because so like, obviously from the last time, people were complaining because of just generally that, that I think it was customer service, people had issues with it. But if anything changes, would you try to find a, like a better brand, or will you just stick through it? Because we don't even know what the changes will be. But yeah, let's it. They lock you in that contract for like two years. That is you true. Like, you that... Stick to it for like two years before you actually can move or pay like a whole heap of fee just to get out of the contract. And I just renewed my contract as well, so that's very true. I even forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, most 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 people are locked in. They're locked. <laughs> uh, they just better not come up with a silly name because like it, once it changes, um, that's it. Like it's gonna be. But yeah, that's the new branding. But what? Fate. Fate. That's much of fate too. Look at you. But when I felt, yeah. Companies, yeah. What do you think about like? Because I saw some posts on like, I think it was Twitter, and someone said that so many people are trying to start their own thing, but not a lot of people are trying to combine together to become bigger. 
together and it made me think that's true but like what do you think of that I, so mm-hmm. wait you 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 uh, real one you go because i'm trying to i feel like it depends how big the business is it, 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 there are two big businesses that are smart then slightly to actually merge but there are small businesses that's when like personal feelings towards your business comes in and you want to merge with someone else in case you lose in case of your losing ownership but when it comes mm-hmm. to big businesses that have been around for a very long time mm-hmm. yeah, it isn't too much for new businesses just for just for ownership's sake it makes it a little difficult to merge mm-hmm. what about small what about like sm- small business owners then because i do i before i used to think they're like you should have full control but I, i'm more for combining especially when like someone is like you said people have other things that do take their time up like when you merge with someone it can actually benefit you may you may be able to get further than you would have if you didn't yeah. especially when you're at the lowest goal level like it can don't get me wrong it can like ruin your business and like mess up but let's just talk about like small business owners if you do merge and that person has skills that you don't it can push you further and even it might be the reason you survive mm-hmm. you just have to review it but so i would say that right now i'm definitely i do i would condone like a lot of people trying to merge because you're right like if you can merge, you can get bigger than you would have on your own. So why would you not want to do that rather than just always competing with the other person? Mm-hmm. That could be something that, especially now, like with what's going on, combining resources may not be a bad idea. That's true. I mean, it depends, though. About is the vision. Like, loads of people have different visions of what they see their individual brands to be like. It's yeah. Like, be like knocking heads to be like, oh, I want to go this way. And the other person, I want to go that way. And it's like, okay, kind of thing. I guess you have to review... You have to know what you're going into. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Like before you even go into it, because I was like, yeah, that thing of different interests will definitely come up, mm-hmm. and that could be a whole. That could be the the reason why you don't even succeed if you just can't like uh, meet down the middle and find it like a common, uh, common like agreement. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if we're talking about resources, have you seen? Um, I think it was Stormzy. They said he's pledging ten million. Hey, I was like, yeah. Equality causes. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what I, I realized after that? As soon as so, this is um, some of those posted on like uh, the Graham Daily's YouTube channel because I saw it on uh, loads of other places. But I just found the comment section here interesting, mm. and it was just mainly focused on people like uh, just a lot of people were just talking about his net worth straight away. So there was two topics: it was either his net worth, people were surprised that he's doing it. They're like, "How can he afford that?" And then there was another one saying, "What is equality causes?" People were like, because it was such a general headline. People were like, "We're celebrating them, but where's the where's the money actually going?" So there's a lot of um things popping up but the main thing i thought was people questioning his net worth and people not believing that he's actually going to do it it's not like i even didn't believe him i just thought to myself if you can donate 10 million that means you are up you know what i mean like, but it's, it's over 10 years that's that's nothing that the headline did not say straight away it was over 10 years so he's, he's doing 1 million a year but i think people just assumed he's um giving it in one year mm. and they said like that's that's more than half his net worth because last time i checked they said he was worth 20 million or it said 69 point 16 or 20 million they send his net worth is so people are like if he's going to give away 10 million in one coach he's giving away 50 percent of his net worth mm. um but like regardless of the of like how he's giving away where he's giving away it's still for good cause but uh yeah it just shows that when people are trying to do something good people literally just question like his his intentions that's crazy who's doing that never do right in people's eyes like <laughs> you try and do something but why is this you do that why is that yeah <laughs> so that's stuff you just gotta do what you want and he even has he has like um another thing he does on the side like he has a book company which is helping like younger writers to what's it called publish their books and what other, what other things is he doing 
know from I mean I know it's, it's quite a scholarship for students to some students to get into Cambridge and Oxford. So I know that's what it's doing is getting a scholarship. But I also heard apparently Oxford didn't accept the scholarship. But I think uh, I think why Cambridge is okay. It's just the rules because the way scholarship works isn't just is in cooperation with the with that university itself, and they haven't approved the scholarship. I feel like Cambridge is okay. That's kind of weird that they're not approving it. I don't. I know, but it's just because I think the union have to. I think the union needs to chip in some money as well for the scholarship itself. So I think ends where they haven't approved it in in Oxford. Is it Oxford? Yeah. Weird. No, that's that's interesting. But he's still. And this is still he's still doing something good. But like I said, beyond this money, like he's been doing loads of other things. Yeah. But just that thing, you can't you can't satisfy everyone. People always have something to say. Um, I, think, I feel like this, this ten million is part of the actual scholarship itself. So it's part of the funds for the scholarship itself. So it's they're all tied to different things. Yeah, like it's all for the same cause. Yeah. Um. And uh, so now I guess we we should have to go back and look at. So from last week we talked about um, I don't know if it was the week before that. The, last week we talked about people doing the putting the black post up on their what's it called on their pages. And since then a lot of brands have jumped on it too. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit. So the interesting thing about that is like we saw like a lot of brands that we weren't even so, so we didn't expect to like do this to jump on it. Mm-hmm. But then we, it, the question came about is like are they doing it for and they're doing it because they actually care about it, or they're doing it as a PR stunt, or just to join in to make sure, or like, if we don't do it, people will realize that we don't support this. Because yeah. I saw, I saw people calling them out. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a bad thing though? Because we shouldn't call them out. We should just let them not do it. That way, you know where they stand. Like, what did you, what did you think about the whole um, black box thing? My issue, yeah, it was like, okay, cool. I hundred percent understand when people are coming from by calling them out, blah blah blah. But you can't force someone to care about something that they don't care about. You can educate them. You can tell them why it's good for them to do it. But think about the pretty little thing thing. Um, they don't oh yeah. And they did yeah. it because they don't understand why they're doing it. They're just doing it because they got called out and they're thinking about, oh my days, if I don't do it, then blah 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 blah. They don't really sit there and think about why are we doing this? What is why is it affecting our customers? They just quickly did some two minute art presentation and just uploaded it. If we're gonna call out customers, we need to educate. Oh, sorry, not customers. We're gonna call out companies. It can't be by force. We actually need to educate them on why we feel this way. Obviously, they probably do know already, but you know what I'm trying to say. We're just yeah. Like people are just like, why are you not calling out? Blah blah blah. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Some of them do not care. All you need to do is make them feel. Stop spending your money there. They will see that we're the majority of us are basically giving you money to fund your business. And then they'll start yeah. Because... Even like you, you're thinking like that. You you saw that first post, right? So it was a mm-hmm. like illustration of two hands. One like I guess they they perceived as uh, black and other the yeah. other as like a white hand. And it was just so that okay. That's the thing I want to touch upon. Tone deaf. It was just so. It was just so off. Basically. Which like, which is your point? As in, you can tell it was not. There was no. There was no like reasoning behind it because of the second post, which actually had. Um, like a follow-up and where people could actually donate to and they said they're going to donate and then they actually put images of like Floyd and the other Black Bernard Taylor and I think um, um, uh, Omar they actually put the pictures up that had more it was more like it had it was more it was more thought through that makes sense like you're not actually just doing it for the sake of doing it so but the fact that they did that first and we see loads of bands do it so that's another thing so a lot of our bands have done it we have to kind of not have that like um, 
That's just either understanding or like give them a bit of not scrutinize them, but just don't just take it on face value. Don't mm-hmm. just say they did this now they're part of the gang. Like, Wait. yeah, like we have to be careful that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. The first attempts was just so off, <laughs> and it would be better if they just didn't do anything and then people um, made noise with their with their wallets. As in, for example, do not shop in these places that you feel like do not support like uh, in, uh, interest that you think it needs to be supported essentially like mm-hmm. yeah um and uh, so on that turn star starbucks has been like brought to the spotlight as well because they also put um the post up and i, I actually just want to let me just to even to illustrate my point i just want to go through what they put up and say what they said to show you how just because someone puts something up doesn't necessarily mean they have the best intention at heart mm-hmm. so uh, they put a post up saying we we will confront racism to create more inclusive and a just world. We stand um, in, solidar- in sol- sol- solidarity with our black partners, customers, communities. Uh, we will not be bystanders. And they put some other posts up saying the path forward, et cetera, et cetera. We're committed, et cetera, et cetera. We'll donate one million, et cetera, et cetera. No one behind the scenes recently has come out there to their customers, to their employees and internal email they told them to not wear anything or show any support in the workplace so mm-hmm. on this on on <laughs> trust you on the um on the surface and how they're portraying themselves like yeah we'll for this but internally they're giving very contrasting like communication so like that's just if that's not evidence enough to be careful like just because a brand says they're doing doesn't mean they actually care is all of it's also it's money at the end of the day basically and just to shut be- us up because we can continue spending Trust me, and but but they don't really care, and I, I guess it could be argued that people say um, some customers they might get may not support uh, like the the movement that's going on right now, so they don't want to lose that customers. But then if they say they're going to stand on something, they have to stand with it and keep the same energy. Don't just change because of this and that. Like it's just it's very questionable. Um, so yeah, like we'll, we'll see what happens with that because I'm guessing a lot more brands will be like the, like going forward the actions will speak louder than words exactly. so we'll see we'll see what comes from this um and wait there was there was something else so what i'm saying so the, on the tone deaf thing as well I, like i said you said it's education because a lot of other people have also been like not outed but like they've tried to make a statement and they even get me started on tiktok because tiktok is just lost when it comes to this <laughs> it's just lost because People, people were trying to show the solidarity. I can't pronounce this word. Solidarity for what's going on on there, and some some makeup artists were oh. doing painting their face. You, I don't even have to tell you what they did. You, you, you already know. Like I don't even want to go into it. But people that were on uh, for do like makeup on TikTok were painting their face half this, half that, and it's just it's so lost. It's unbelievable. It's actually comedic, but also insulting at the same time. But um, yeah, like that, that's just that's just to illustrate one of the things that's been happening on TikTok with this whole thing. But I always say this: it's better to to educate than condemn, mm-hmm. because of yeah, like there's only way to move forward. What do and, you think, like, what would you think would be the future for everything based on everything that's happening? The, so, right off the bat, what I want to say is I. Well, the bad, I do have a fear that all this stuff will die out and nothing will happen, as in just like another fad. Just like, for example, we, we literally said, even though this stuff has obviously like been going on for ages, but we spoke earlier about, like, just literally three months ago or not too long ago, the, everything was COVID, COVID, COVID. Mm. And now we're switching this. And obviously, we're still aware there's a virus in the air, but it's almost like 
to an extent it's not considered yeah because it just like it's just our awareness is not there anymore so i just hope that once this runs this new cycle yeah new cycle people that it uh, doesn't just change to something else and then nothing happens from this i hope the effects are felt like within the community within all these industries because of um a lot of people have tried to educate themselves on this. For example, there's loads of books that people can read out there mm-hmm. uh, that we mentioned in the last pod. There's loads of documentaries that you can watch. Um, there's just there's so many resources they can use to educate yourselves because of this we need to be on a very individual level as well as corporations, organizations, mm-hmm. and people just being understanding like this stuff that it's almost a society was built on the issues they were raising right now. If you really do your research, you understand how is built to the fabric of society and for it to change society needs to change so mm-hmm. once you understand that it's not an act like i want people to look at it as a so the issue of fire and that racism is a social construct mm-hmm. which is built and even talking about race stuff is social is, it was like the society was built on uh, uh what's it called highlighting the differences and pushing some people above others so mm-hmm. once you understand that kind of thing you have to understand why how do we change that so it's not it's not a simple thing it's not as in we're gonna Stop saying I don't see I don't see color. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends was like, uh, they basically created the rules to benefit them, right? So why would yep. they change the rules if it's still benefiting them? You know, hundred percent. And that made me think like, oh, that's actually crazy. Like, I didn't think of it like that in that term. I just thought, yeah, we should just protest, we should just do this, we should just do that. When it's like it's a It's deeper that. than that. Yeah. Yeah. And like and like you said, um, that why would why would the systems uh, be on to like give essentially give up power but um mm. i'm just hoping that there's the current generation which are more aware and do normally call out a lot of stuff do you kind of take that change within themselves and pass it to the next generation and there's that's how we can cause change and like i, I have a more like inclusive society in in all aspects of things but yeah um like we, we, we spoke about eugenics last episode there's a lot of things built into the fabric society that just keeps things how it is in the status quo mm-hmm. and i strongly believe awareness will will facilitate some change but at the same time we have a big community of us that are just complicit to this so when we see it just don't say anything about it that keeps it going so yeah education is the only thing and like the next generation as well it's like i'm I'm having a lot of faith in the next generation to do something about this but we'll see um but some good things that have come out of this so far for example we all know that the the officers in um what's it called they were part of the the incident that even sparked all of this, that the catalyst of this have been all like charged. So that shows you that at least that's been addressed. Well, not I the biggest thing. Say, yeah. yeah. Again, someone just posted up a picture saying he's not him. Like he's not the guy that um, committed the murder. That they got somebody else to go in prison for him. And that made me think, imagine if that's actually true. And we're here thinking that he's actually been arrested, but it's not. It's actually... Why would they protect him so much? That's another thing. Why would they protect? Him? But then that's why. Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't they? And when when it was all come like when all the marchers and protesters came to his house, they protected his house, right? Yeah. So why would it not protect him? Yeah, that that's what I mean. That's 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 what I thought. But that's a fair question. Because they wasn't going to arrest him. They wasn't going to say anything if we didn't do everything that we did. They was going to keep quiet. He was going to continue going back to work. We had to put up a fight in order for them to arrest him. They didn't see anything wrong with it in their eyes. So yeah, there's a fuss. That he's actually arrested. We don't actually see him in, in the prison cells. Apart from a picture. Or the, the, arrested. There's a... I think the trial is in August. So we'll need to account for this somehow. That's I, I just like... I guess if we're going to have some faith in that the justice system, we have to just 
see with that. Like you're right, because it could be a dangerous thing for him to be in there. Because obviously, a lot of people in there are probably like angry towards him as well, and that could be a risk in his life. Um, yeah, they're gonna probably put him in a different prison cell, give him special treatment, and be like, it's too dangerous for him to be in a prison cell with his public because you know, you know what they're gonna do, man. Yeah, yeah. And if that stuff happens, we will never know. Exactly. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be covered up. So that's something that's like we almost have no control over. It's, it's annoying to an extent, but I, I hope that it doesn't go that way. Like, like, and we do see some like evidence to show that as well. Because nothing. If they don't show anything, then yeah, we just we have we have no idea. Um, and yeah, like you're, you're right. Like I said, that, that, that's not a thing about the system. Like, it's always going to protect itself. So we can only do so much now. And the system was built over centuries, so it can take centuries to even chip out a little way at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so another thing, because I guess they from them um, charging those officers, there's been in 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 the the midst of all this process, some the people that were meant to like what's it called, like controlling the crowds and stuff. Some of them have been quite violent. And don't get me wrong, some protesters have been violent too, because that's but those people are opportunists or just really angry. But um, a lot some pro, some police officers have been quite violent towards protesters. And I, from what I've seen, the in the states has happened, and I think there was even something in the UK like some the 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 communities have actually held those officers accountable. So basically, I'm seeing a little bit more accountability where they they're actually investigating all of this unfair arrest, all of this excessive force because. Officers are meant to de-escalate situations, not like mm-hmm. escalate it, but that's something that we keep being seen. Um, but yeah, so that's something else that's come out of this. Also, the from the Brianna Taylor case. So the reason why that even happened is because of the officers. Officers had a no-knock warrant. It's called a no-knock warrant to mm-hmm. go to the house because they suspected there was like I think it was trying to do drugs in there, which mm-hmm. was wrong because they had the wrong house, the wrong information. So they they weren't even meant. To, it wasn't even a house that they were meant to go into and I, I need to confirm this but I said I think they just said something about the person being arrested earlier I need to double check that but um I heard about that as well yeah yeah but it's so essentially there was, just, there was no need for them to be there but a no-knock warrant basically means they don't they they generally don't wear police officer outfits so they're literally like a civilian and they don't like I said they just bust in the house with and they're armed as well so which is why her husband um or boyfriend we had retaliated because he didn't it was like it literally feel like he's being robbed with people mm. that are armed so now they've banned that in that specific state. So that shows some like some change have come out of this. I think people are calling it the Brianna Law. So that has been there was a lot of um, investigation looked into that, and they, yeah, the result is they've banned that thing from happening again. So to hopefully prevent a similar situation from occurring, which is yeah just another positive thing. There's loads of other positive things that's come out of what's been going on right now. But um, if you do research, you can find it because I couldn't find the exact list, but. I've, as much as there's all this like um, noise around the protesters and some of them being rogue, uh, like there was even a protest that there was encouraging people to flip a car, and luckily someone, someone recorded it. I can't remember his name. Is it Phil or something? I saw yesterday. Luckily, someone recorded him asking them to do that, and they're like, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to pro- um, we're going to protest peacefully." But you can tell, you can see why the issue is. There's little people that are being poisonous to the agenda and trying to cause that like, they're anarchists. They're trying to. They're trying to make this about just to let their outrage, not trying to fight the cause. Mm-hmm. But literally, you just went up to them saying, flip that car. And they're like, what are you talking about? And you just said, flip that car. Like, we're not going to do that. Because if, if they're sending this uh, a, uh, a bunch of, um, yeah, like uh, black people in, in the, at the protest. Mm-hmm. And, and people were like, question, why are you telling us to do this? But yeah, so you can just just understand what's going on, essentially. Um, 
also have you heard of a, have you heard of a, just a flip some flip it different have you heard of um a, a like a group or a bunch of artists called chloe and Haley? no chloe and Haley. they actually so i just discovered them recently and they released an album like i think it was yesterday actually oh, the chinese one no no they were oh, they're they're two sisters. They're two sisters they're signed to beyonce oh. they, so this I just I just discovered them recently. I was like I'm I i did not even know how I didn't know about them before. Wait, Ruan, do you want to tell me what you know? Because I I did some research into them. So I think they were they had a Grammy nomination last year or this year. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I know they're the TV show called Grownish. Yeah. And Ailey is gonna be on the on the Disney on the Disney. What's that thing called again? The one with the 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 mermaid one, the Disney one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Little Mermaid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the sisters, I think, I think her name is Ailey. She's gonna be in that show, in the actual, in the actual movie. Yeah, and that was a big, deal. that was a big deal last year. But yeah, I know they're from Garnish. They're movie coming out. They, they, I think they did a dance routine for like TikTok and Twitter last a few months ago. And I didn't know about the Beyonce part, but yeah, that's what I know. And also, they have made great music. Yeah, so I discovered them recently, and I was surprised that we don't like i haven't heard more about them because essentially they used to like sing and stuff and they were quite good and then someone one day someone told them to just put one of their their songs on youtube and then they they did a cover to i think it was best i ever had by beyonce and she saw it and literally signed them and then one of the sisters talking about yeah i know you're talking about now you you remember that one of the sisters said she actually met beyonce when she was four years old she acted she she played the younger Beyonce in a film. I think it's called Temptation or something. I can't remember what it's called. But she played Beyonce in a film, and she said, "I actually I've actually met you like when she was younger, took pictures of her, and then like now you find me at like this like seventeen or something." And it's just it's just crazy how that happened. And now like and I saw I saw in their videos and I was like, "These you know when you can tell someone is meant to do this like hmm. they're so comfortable in like what they're doing and from such a young age it just that that whole occurrence of how they got discovered." And how good they are with the stuff. It's just like I'm. I can see them going. I'm just saying it now, but they're gonna go really far. Mm-hmm. They are good. I ever spoke to someone about, it and they said they may even surpass Beyonce's in the future. That like we never know because they're just so young and just so talented. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like that's that, that's the R&B group that people need to watch out for. Well, people people call them R&B duo, anyways. But they're two sisters that Beyonce discovered in 2018, and they they um, she signed them to a million dollar deal for six albums mm-hmm. and. They've released three so far. So, yeah, just watch out for them. And listen to their... I think they dropped an album called Ungodly Hour. Mm-hmm. Good songs on there. Forgive Me and Do It. But you've heard of them, though. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, it's crazy. I didn't know their names, but I know their face. Cause yeah. And you know when I'm promo pages that like promotes other people? And I remember listening to them. Like, I actually sat there and listened to them because it was so good. When did you When did you discover them? Because I discovered literally, like, this week. Two or three weeks ago. I feel like they're pushing for the UK. I feel because I saw their latest album being advertised in the UK, so I think they're trying to grow their presence now because they're just they're, they're obviously quite good. They've been on TV shows in the US. I just never knew anything. Yeah, it's crazy. And I actually saw their faces. I saw them. I was watching them. I actually saved their video. One of the girls really reminds me of Beyonce. Yeah, the younger looking one. That that would be. I was gonna say the older one. Let me see her face. Are they twins? Yeah. No, they're sisters. I don't even know which one is Chloe or Haley because I said I just discovered them. Hmm. Oh. So it, their group is called Chloe X Haley. If anyone wants to um, search it, 
So Chloe is the oldest sister, and Ailey's younger sister. Yeah, because people, yeah, so people basically comparing beyond, um, because Chloe, the way she holds the notes, like her cadence and everything, like people are saying, like, yeah, like they can see a bit Beyonce in her. So they're like, and I think she, she's the one that played her when she was younger as well. So it's it just like, it was just like a random story that I just like, so I was like, like, how did this even occur? But, um, yeah, so their album is like, I, I would say it's something that people can listen to is quite good. Um, another, so, so at this part of the podcast, I just want to talk about music that people have been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before I ask you what album you've listened to, another album people can check out is an artist called Kiana Lade or Kiana Lead. I don't know if you know. Kiana Lade, yeah, she's also, she also has a really good, um, album. Cause I'm on my R&B flow right now. So, um, she released an album in April, really good. I think there's a song called Cancelled on it, which is like my, my outtake at the moment. But um, yeah, people should also listen to that. And yeah, so what other song? What in your current playlist? Um, there, can you give me three songs that you're currently listening to? I'm listening to French, 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 French artists. Oh yeah, you hear French music. <laughs> I listen to what's his name? I am Kim Promise. Yeah, he's sick as well. I think he's South African. No, Ghanaian. Oh, Ghanaian. Ghanaian. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. It was so funny. I was like, I didn't know who he was, and I remember just coming across his music. I was like, Oh my days. Wait, how old is he? How old is he? I have no idea. I just Imagine me though. I've never seen him with hair. Yeah. I've never seen him with hair, you know. He doesn't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? You know him, bro. Yeah. Keep promise. Yeah. I, I think you introduced me to him. Do you have a song called Selfish or something? Yeah. Selfish, yeah. And TV TV, yeah. I think you brought me on to him years ago. Like, I remember we were on to him. Keep promise. What's your third, third, um, third person in your rotation? Um, Joey Dacule, which is another French Haitian song that they love him. Yeah, he's really good. Well, let me give you before I ask real one is when I want to do a little test because we have a a French playlist here. Okay. I just want to see if you know these artists. So I'm just gonna be like, this is just a test because obviously you're you're someone that listens to like Parisian music. I don't know if that's how we're gonna term it. Um, so I'm gonna go through the playlist and just tell me if you know these people. Cool. Um, what's it called? LMB. LMB. Yeah. Let me hear it. Oh no, I can't copyright, copyright. Don't oh, you can't play <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, what about um Gico? Oh, I know him. Okay. Really. Booba. Booba, oh, he's my husband, my ex. P N L? P N L no no, I don't know him. MHD? Of course. Of okay. Course. Damso? Yeah, he's cool. Uh, just in Niska already, Niska. Niska, that's my that's ego, man. That's my. <laughs> um, Dabs. Dabs is cool. Niho, Ninho. Mm, I don't really feel him that much. As yeah, I don't really like his music as much. Gra- Grada, like yeah. Grada. Okay, I don't see who else is in there. Uh, K Point. I don't think he's that known. Um, okay, that's good. That's good. I just want. So I just want to do the, the reason I'm doing that is just to make sure that our playlist. Mm-hmm. Is actually up to standard. So the artist I named, did you say they're quite known in terms of like Parisian music? This is like this is like a trap album, like a trap playlist. Grandor definitely, um, Buba definitely. These are like the common ones that I listen to. So but other ones are probably like underground artists. I don't really know about them. But yeah. Okay. But yeah. So um, that that was a a place that we have. But Ruben, what's your what's the free in your rotation? 
So currently, I'm listening to a guy called Anders. He's an American artist. Yeah. And another, another artist called July 7th. And another artist called... Is a group. This is a group that just duos. They are called 88 Glam. Oh, Glam. Oh, they have a song with yeah. Nav. They have a song with Nav that I really like. 88 Glam. They're sick. Yes, they are sick. Yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. So, yeah, okay. I, I, see, I see your vibe. I see your vibe. Late night, <laughs> late night cruising music. It's like you're based in LA. Yeah. You're based yeah. in LA. Because that's, that's your... Anders, I've, the song I've got of Anders in my place is called Diamonds. I've got, I've got that as well. They've got Diamonds. They've got, they've got V Up. They've got a lot of songs. Okay, you're, on, you're on your R&V vibe as well. And um, I think that was on a like... Well, she, loves, she really loves Afrobeats. Afrobeats and French music. That's it. Um, Rowan, have you got any questions? Oh yeah, so I I usually ask people this question at the end of the podcast. So Mm -hmm. for you, my question for you is, if you can go back to five years ago, what would you change about yourself, about your brand, or life in general? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Who's starting first? Oh no, that's for you. I've answered this already. That's a very good question. Okay, five years ago, what was that? Two thousand and fifteen. Yes. Two thousand and fifteen. I think. Oh, that's a, a good question. Okay, let me think. Actually, this is when I was in the beginning stages of starting my brand. I think I would have been very humble in terms of not trying to just think of the vision and actually think about the steps of me getting there. Because I was so focused on just, I'm going to be rich. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be rich. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> work. Fuck this. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, my job. That <laughs> vibe. <laughs> I think I would definitely would have been very humble and just like build on my brand very slowly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a, I have a question as well. Because obviously, like, um, that you are, like, you have your own business. Mm. And in terms of, like, you're, like, I don't know many women that are doing like similar things to what you're doing, having their own business, running it. So what advice would you give to like, like I get like a girl like quite young, like someone, but let's say like first year of uni or even younger that has, that wants to start their own business. Like how would you, what kind of advice would you give them like going forward and what kind of things should they keep in mind when they're trying to start their own business as like a woman in tech fashion or that kind of world? What advice would you give? Uh, so definitely look after your mental work, your mental health. And definitely look after yourself in the process of building a business because sometimes when you're building a business, you can tend to like let go of your mental health and consume too much. I think definitely have a time to actually reflect, have fun, sleep, etc. And I don't know if it's me, but I tend to feel like since I've been starting my journey, and let's say for example, I've been going to like networking and stuff like that, people will try and act like they care about my business and they're not, they don't care. They're just trying to get to know me, but use the business as a I don't know how to say it they'll be like oh yeah let's have a business meeting blah 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 but it's not really a business meeting if that makes sense it has nothing oh, yeah, to do so spot, spot intentions essentially yeah, to try to, wrong intentions yeah. I think be, be careful in that because when you're a woman in business like men not talk about all men but some dodgy men will try and take advantage of that and then try mm. and pretend that they're here to help you but they're not really and truly <laughs> so just that's interesting yeah so actually I feel that that advice is actually very needed because I, I actually from a guy perspective I wouldn't understand that so yeah um but yeah that's that that's it that's it thank you uh yeah, we'll come to the and thank you for coming on like literally like it's been it's we're going to like dive into this part 
of the, the world and industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, thank you guys for listening to another episode. It's been Dow. Um, her brand is called Dow London. Uh, what's the, do you want to, yeah, just like, you might as well plug it. Plug your, plug yeah, your socials and stuff. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, go on my website, purchase my face mask. So it'll be daolondon.com. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And she also does, beyond that, she also has fitness and just, just check out the, the Instagrams all there. Like, she's not, she's underselling it. She does a lot more. But yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out the Instagram. And yeah, that's it for me. Thank you for listening. Real Weezy. Thanks for listening, guys.